Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas, or at church1132.com. Uh, I'm going to title this Enemy in the Tent. In Enemy in the Tent. All right? And uh, so we're just, we're just going to roll with that. Judges. Go to the book of Judges in the Old Testament. This is one of the most gruesome stories in the entire Bible that I'm going to tell on Mother's Day. This is like not right. This should have been saved for Father's Day, uh, but I'm, I'm going to give it to you anyways. Judges chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, it says, In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths, and villagers in, Israel's, in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose a mother in Israel. Now, when, when, when you read this passage, it's, it's amazing to talk about Deborah and then anybody who's been in church for a long time, there's a collective sigh in the church because they say, oh, Deborah, classic mother, Mother's Day message. I'm not talking about Deborah. I'm, I'm going to talk about what Deborah set into motion. And I'm going to believe, I'm, I'm believing that even today, wherever you are in your life, that God's going to set some things into motion for you. And we're going to use this text to illustrate the, what Deborah set into motion. She said that nobody fought, that no one would fought in, fight in all of Israel. Even though they were under attack, they would not fight until Deborah arose. And she arose as a mother. It says that no one would fight until the mother of Israel arose. In this time in history, people were not fighting back. And so attackers and raiders would come into the, the villages and into their cities. And they would just have their way. And because they had been attacked so many times, they stopped fighting. And they would literally just try to hide things that they could preserve. And the attackers would come and whatever they could get their hands on, they would give to them. And they would just try to cope. And I'm just going to tell you, this is not the same exact time that we're living in right now. But I think figuratively and spiritually, there could be some wild similarities. Because we live in a culture that will not fight. The only things that we fight are the things we should not be fighting. The, the, the things that we really stand up against are usually the things that don't matter. While the things that really matter, while the things that we really believe in fall by the wayside. And we see this in our culture day in and day out. There's things that we should fight for that we don't fight for. And there's things that we shouldn't fight for that we do fight for. Deborah was the judge of all Israel. Deborah arose, a, a, a woman in power. She was full of the Spirit of God. She judged the people. And they were being attacked so much that this commander, their commander came to them. His name was Barak or Barak. And Barak came to him and, and he said, she said, he said, we've got to fight. We've got to do something. And, and Deborah says, go and do it. God's going to be with you. And maybe, maybe, maybe you know this part of the story. And Barak says, I'm not going uh, if you're not going. That's who Deborah was. He said, I'm not fighting if you're not fighting. If you're not going, I'm not going. And she says this, and this is in Judges. If you look at it, I'm not going to read the entire thing to you for the sake of time. But in Judges, it says this. It says that she prophesies to him that I will go with you, but Israel will win because of a woman. 
Now, in that day and age and in that cultural understanding of roles and, and responsibilities, that was a huge statement. It was massive. And everybody, usually, the first time you read that text, you think that Deborah is the woman that they were talking about. But I'm going to show you through this scripture that Deborah was not the woman that she was talking about. Deborah says, all right, I'll go with you, but it will be delivered into a woman. It will be delivered into the hands of a woman. So the understanding usually is like, okay, it's going to be delivered. She's going. It must be her. But it wasn't her. It was someone that her courage empowered. It was someone that her strength made rise up. It was someone that her audacity and her leadership caused to arise. I found this out about the enemy. If the enemy can't get you to quit fighting, he will get you busy fighting the wrong things. If he can't get you to quit fighting, because some of you are fighting, you're fighters, you're tenacious, nothing's going to make you quit. So he'll try to adjust your focus so you fight the wrong things. Weeks ago, we've been in this series, Home is What You Make It, and weeks ago, we were talking about load-bearing walls. I'm going to tell you what the enemy tries to get you to fight. He tries to get you to fight the things that you need and tries to get you to be okay with the things that you should remove. He tries to get us to fight with the people that we love and tries to get us okay with the compromise we hate. There are things that we should kill that we allow to live. Is this too much for 8.30 a.m.? I'm, so, I'm sorry. We're just, we're, just jump, we're just jumping right in. It's Mother's Day. We're going to tell the most gruesome story in the Bible on Mother's Day. It's going to be good. My, my mom, uh, growing up, I have an amazing mom, and, and uh, I know she's going to watch this, so I love you, mom. And uh, I, she has just done such an incredible job, all five of us kids. And uh, my mom, though, is a fighter. Okay, we're going to talk about a fighter. I'll tell you, my mom's a fighter. You, if you met her, you would not think she's a fighter. But you never think a mom's a fighter until you mess with their kids. That's right. And so my mom's sweet, and everybody loves her, and she's got the softest little voice. And even when she's talking, she'll talk to you like this. And she's talking to people her own age, but she'll talk to you like, how are you doing? Are you okay? It's like, hi, we're adults out here, but she still talks like that. And, and she's just soft and sweet. You would never think she's a fighter. But I'm going to tell you, if you get in the way of her kids, the woman goes crazy. So growing up, we had some standards in our house, I mean, some strict standards, because no, ain't nobody going to come in this house and mess with her legacy and mess with her kid. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. And so uh, my sister, she was at driver's ed, and she's, you know, 15 and a half or whatever, went to driver's ed, and driver's education to high school. And, and we were homeschooled growing up, so we did our sports uh, in Washington. It's a little different than here, but we did our sports, and we did some of our classes through the local high school. So she's at high school, and there's this guy... Um, that was at driver's ed. And um, this guy at driver's ed was from a different religion, had a different religious background. And he started really taking a fancy to my sister. Well, my family, especially in the area of relationships, it's like ain't nobody dating in this house till you're 32. We're all in rebellion. Whitney is the only one that's submitting. And so, ah. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. You'd have to know my younger sister to understand that. Anyways, so she, she, starts, she starts 
liking this guy, and this guy likes her, and they, so they started writing letters to each other, you know, back in the day, back in the day, actually wrote letters, I mean, it's romantic, you know, back and forth, and this guy was smooth, he was smooth, and I started kind of catching wind of this, like, who is this dude, like, this is not right, mom is not going to let this thing fly, and, and, and so he starts coming around a little bit, and, and we, start, we start hearing, and when my mom found out that my sister was writing letters, to this guy who was of a different religious understanding and background. Let's, I, I can't think of a Christian word to say about things that hit the fan. Because things went crazy in my house. And I'll speed up the story because I can't give you all the details. I'll speed up the story, but this is how it ended. My sister repented to my mom and dad. And my mom marched my oldest sister outside and built a fire. And in that fire, my sister burnt every single letter that she ever received from that boy. And that's the God honest truth. Oh, yeah. Ain't no enemy coming up in this house. Yeah, Miss Mama's house. Ain't nobody messing with her firstborn daughter. I mean, that, that is not going to happen. But if she talked to you, she'd probably say it like this, Lindsay. We're going to take your letters out. And we're going to burn them in the fire. To make sure that there's no soul ties from the devil. My sister's crying. It's like, really? Really, mom? Does it really matter? It's the first guy that, oh, yeah, we're going to burn him. And then it gets creepy. She's like, <laughs> we're going to burn him. Not really. That's too far. A mom would do anything. To protect her kids, and my mom is that. My mom is a fighter. My mom is a warrior. You just don't know it when you hear her talk, but she is a warrior. Now, what's interesting about this story is that Deborah was a warrior, but Deborah released other warriors. And the story goes that when Deborah went with Barak, that there was an uprising in the fighters. There was an uprising in the people. And Deborah made a change. And we learned that we've been learning this recently is your change always affects other people's change. When you change, it'll always affect others. Your stand will give people the strength to stand as well. We need moms to stand up so that other people will stand up as well. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of the faith. This is what Paul says. He says you got to fight. And my concern is that believers have lost their will to fight. My concern is that moms have been worn down trying to, trying to help and trying to mother and trying to drag husbands to church and trying to drag kids to church. And they've been worn down. And when you wear down, you lose the most valuable thing about you. And it's your fight. It's Mother's Day with flowers and confetti and pink. And we should be talking about love and hugs and Snuggles. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shoot straight with you. You need a fight. You need a fight. So the story goes that the, the, the Deborah and Barak attack, and, and, and they are winning, and the commander of the army is named Sisera. Sisera, for, for the sake of time, I'm just going to tell you the story. Sisera, he runs to the tent of a lady named Jael. And this is one of the most gruesome stories in biblical history. 
It says that the man came to the tent seeking shelter, and Jael says, uh, come on in. He says, I need something to drink, and so she gives him something to drink. I need to lay down. If anyone comes to the tent, tell them that I'm not here. So she made him comfortable, and she laid him down. And the Bible says, let me just read this to you. In Judges 4.21, it says, but Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Happy Mother's Day. This woman went crazy. She takes a tent peg and drives it through his head into the ground. It says that then the army caught up to Sisera and they came to the tent and Jael said, he's in here. And they went in to find him and it says they found him there dead, driven into the ground. And I want to talk to you about an extraordinary fight that is not just from difficulty or crisis, but an extraordinary fight that God put in you. It's in all of us, but mothers it is specifically in you. Ladies that even hope to be mothers or have been mothers, it is in you. There is a fight that God has put in deep down on the inside of you, and it's not for your load-bearing walls. It's not for the people that you love. It is for any enemy who dares to cross the threshold of your tent, of your home, of your house. It is for any enemy, any compromise, any assailant, anyone that would dare threaten what you have in your kids, in your children, in your legacy. When the nation did not have courage, God raised up Jael. She had faith in God, and she had love for the people of God. She had a courage that was unshakable because she knew that if she took out the commander of the army, that the people of Israel would go free. So when no one else arose, Jael arose. And Jael arose because Deborah arose. And because Deborah, the mother, arose, Jael took action and stepped into action and killed Sisera and said, Set the Israelites free. I'm going to tell you that every action has a reaction. And as a mom, you set things into motion that will shift the legacy of your home. You are valuable. You are important. And you're a fighter. You're a fighter. I see a couple things that J.L. had that I think is just extraordinary. She had divine strategy. I want you to think about this. She actually had to think through what she was going to do. J.L. would not allow for an enemy to come into her tent and live. So she came up with a strategy in how to take Sisera out. And she had to think quickly because in those days, a commander like Sisera would have extraordinary power and was not a good man. When they came into a tent of a, of a lady... They would usually be many, they would have many wives back in the Old Testament as God was figuring all this out. And so each wife would have their own tent, and then the husband would have a larger tent. Sisera did not go to the husband's tent, he went to Jael's tent, which would tell us that he was looking shelter, but he was also looking to do harm. So when he came to Jael's tent, he came to threaten her own life. In many accounts, theologians would believe that there was chance that he would rape her, that there would, be, there would be all kinds of wrong that would be done as he left that place. And so as she feared for her life, she brought him in with a strategy of how to take him out. Let me just say it this way. For every problem, God has 
a plan. For every problem, no matter how big, no matter how small, God has a plan. If you can see the battle, God will show you the plan. If you can see the enemy, God will show you the plan. If you can see what's attacking, God will give you a plan. I'll tell you this about my mom again because my mom is a fighter. She doesn't fight in conventional ways because she has that sweet voice. But she does fight. And this is something that I overheard when I was young. Um, She was ministering to someone. We grew up. My dad's a pastor. And we were ministering to people all the time. And a lady came to her and said, I want to quit smoking. She says, I have an addiction to cigarettes. And I want to quit smoking. And my mom, in a very peaceful, nice voice, she said, how bad do you want to quit? She said, I want to quit bad. And my mom says, okay, let me pray for you. And this is what my mom, the fighter, prays. Dear God, please help this lady that wants to quit smoking. I pray that the next time that she picks up a cigarette and puts it to her mouth, that she would get sick to her stomach, so sick that she would go and vomit. And she prays this. I'm like, Mom, just ask for freedom. My goodness, everybody struggles. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up. My, my mom's like, this ain't happening ever again. In that still small voice, she whispers this prayer. And this lady gets, this is truth, gets sick. I mean, like bad sick. The next time she tried to smoke a cigarette, she didn't know how bad she wanted. My, mom, my mom's just a silent killer. I mean, it's just like, I would have been like, how bad do you want it? Let's go. Come on. Pump you up. God's got this. The spirit of the Lord is on you. Let's go. Let, mm, let. My mom goes, make her get sick every time she, because she wanted to get free. My mom came up with a plan, a strategy in how to get freedom. I'm going to tell, tell you this about God, though. There really is a divine strategy for every problem. So whatever you're facing today, whatever crisis you're facing today, then you've got to know that God has a strategy for you. She had divine strategy. She had divine courage. She had divine courage. You know, some of the bravest people I know do not know that they're brave because bravery is not shown in the absence of problems. Bravery is shown in the presence of problems. And so when there is no problem, someone might not think that they have courage. But when the problem shows up and they rise up, you find out what's really in them. And I've never seen this more active than in moms. Because moms would not probably walk around and talk about how courageous they are or how brave they are. But in the moment of battle, you'll see a mom do anything. I mean like anything. But isn't that the spirit that God would want in us is a spirit of courage. The Bible says in 2 Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. That means fear is not from God. Any fear that I feel, any fear that I walk in is not from him. The Bible says he has not given it, which means it's not from him. So if I have fear, it's from somebody else. Is from somewhere else. Did you know fear is a learned behavior? Fear is something you have to learn. I found this out with my boys. They're not afraid of anything. Anything. Genesis, he would walk right to this edge and be like, watch this. I mean, just, he would jump, and then I would dive to try to catch him. Jude has learned, because he jumped a couple times and I didn't get to him. Sorry. It, so, so through pain... He has learned to be, some fear is healthy. He has learned 
boundaries. He has learned that some things cause pain. But fear is learned. But God has not given us a spirit of fear or of timidity. But of, so what does he give us? He gives us power. He gives us love. He gives us self-control. This is what is given by God. Not just to moms, to all of us, but I've seen this specifically in moms, that there is a divine courage that is available. I say it this way. If the cause is great enough, the courage will be big enough. Because if there is a great cause, then fear bows to the size of the cause. If the cause, if it's your kid, it's anything. Nothing will get in the way of that. For JL, the cause was so great that she overcame her fear. And the courage drove her to actually kill this man that is in her tent for the sake of a nation. The, the stakes were so high that it made the risk possible. You have more courage and strength than you even know. I remember, and I'll tell you just one more story about my mom, and then I'll let her go. I remember I was, I was playing softball. I'm 22 at this time, okay, 22 years old. I'm, I'm a full-grown man and uh, still living at home. But I, I am, that details, okay, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm 22. She's at my softball game because she came to all my softball games. You know, playing shortstop, guy hits a line drive right at the lip of the grass. I went to catch it, it hit the lip of the grass, bounced up and hit me right in the, right in the face. These five teeth went straight back into my mouth and I'm wandering around on the field my dad runs out to me and he's looking in the grass trying to find my my teeth and um, I used to actually be a decent shortstop but now to this day I still I still got a, a jump in me and uh, so I, my he's looking for my teeth and I'm like dad I think my teeth are still in there and they were literally there pushed back against the roof of my mouth and as I'm trying to gain composure I'm in pain a little bit of shock I hear something I would liken it to the upper room on Pentecost Whatever you imagine that to be, that's about what I heard. Coming from the stands, as my mom is getting out of the stands and praying for the God of heaven to come and intervene in this situation. If any time I should be able to be focused on myself, it is right then. But I'm like, oh no. Oh, no, 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 no. Dad, get me out of here now. Get me out. My reputation is going to be ruined forever. I'm like, here comes mom, and my sister luckily grabs her and takes her. She's coming out in the field. She is, she is praying in a heavenly language. She is shouting down blessings, curses. I mean, I don't know what's happening. She didn't care what anybody thought. She didn't care what it looked like. She didn't care what anyone talked about. Because the need in the moment for her was greater than any type of fear that she might have ever felt. I was hoping she would have felt a little more fear for my sake. But in the heat of the moment, courage arises. See, courage is deep down in you sometimes that you don't even know. And we will back away from places that we need to press into because we think that we don't have the courage for. But I'll say it this way, that courage is on the other side of your step. Courage is on the other side of your obedience. Courage is in the battle, not outside the battle. Because you're never going to feel brave here. 
You're going to feel the courage of God when you step in. Moms, you'll feel the courage of God when you step in. I know the battle gets tough sometimes. I know you get weary sometimes. I know you get worn down sometimes. I know you do things that nobody ever sees. I know you can do things that you never get, uh, that people never give you thanks for, that, you're, that people are not grateful for. But I'm going to tell you this. God has wired you in such a way, jail, that there is a fight in you that will not give up. You are relentless. You are full of courage. You are full of life. You have an intellect. You have an ability to solve a problem. You have an ability to hear from God. That's what God's wired. I'm telling you, my mom, she would know if I was out doing something I shouldn't do before I barely knew I was going to do it. I'm telling you the truth. My mom had this sensitivity. To the voice of God, I'd come in the door and she'd say, how's your night? It was great. How was yours? Just been up praying. I'm like, Mom, really? Okay, yeah. I went to a couple places I shouldn't have been. I, I just started telling her because I knew she knew. I'm going to tell you, moms, you have an ability to hear the voice of God for the safety of your home. And I'm just going to tell you, God's going to give you your fight back today. God's going to give you a fight back. There's not going to be any enemy that's going to be able to live in your tent. Some of you ladies in here that have a desire to be moms in the future, this fight starts right now. Because you got to fight for your purity right now. you you got to fight for your marriage right now. you you got to See, this characteristic is not just something we deposit into a season of life. It is something that God put in you to accomplish something, to allow other people to rise up and accomplish their purpose and the cause that God's put in them. The third one is divine follow-through. Divine follow-through. As we've been talking about the family and talking about the home, this is one of the main things that we've been hitting up against and something that we need so bad because we have to have longevity. We have to have follow-through. Anybody can parent well for a month. It's, it's the, the follow-through. It's the years. It's, it's the years. See, you can't just parent well in a season. Because every season is important. What about when I'm going through something? This, you might be a mom, might be a dad, might be a, What about when you? I'm going to tell you every season is important. It is not so much what you go through, it's how you go through it. And every season is important. It is not about avoiding problems. You're not going to avoid problems. It is not about avoiding catastrophes. Unfortunately, we're not going to avoid catastrophes. It is not about avoiding pain because there is no way to avoid pain. It is how we respond to it in the moment. It is how we commit ourselves to longevity and to follow through. This is really gruesome, but Jael had to make a decision of what she was going to do. To Sisera. She couldn't have like, um, tap, and then, if you only hit your enemy once, you will only make him mad. Victory is in your follow-through. I'm going to tell you, parenting, dads, moms, anybody who ever wants me, victory is in your follow-through. Discipline one time, one moment, doesn't do anything. If it's not followed up. By consistency. The effectiveness of an investment is proven over time. Over time. And I've never seen tenacity like moms. I've never seen longevity like moms. My mom, I just, in thinking about Mother's Day and preparing this message, I just like many times just smiled to myself thinking about my mom. My mom will hold on to something. You would never think she's stubborn. She is stubborn. 
She'll hold on to something. I've seen her pray over things for years. I have, pre- I have seen her hold on to promises, hold on to things, and never let go. I'm going to tell you this. Your victory is in your follow-through. Well, I did really good in the season. That's great. But you know what? God has strength for you to continue on and to make the next season better than the last season. He has it for you today. Moms, I just wrote this for you specifically. There's a couple ways that you fight that I think are God-given and I think really turn the tide of battle. You fight by the way you protect. I've never seen a mom protect like a mom. A mom will protect. And you know what? It's God-given. It is something that is wired down deep inside the heart of a mother to be able to protect. You fight by the way you persist. That's longevity. That's follow-through. By not giving up the persistence that no matter if they're not serving God, they are serving God, they're not serving God, you will not let up. You will not. No matter anybody else in your home gives up or not, you will not. Get, you're praying for that husband. You will not give up. That is wired deep down in you, the ability to persist. And then what I was just speaking of, to pray. You fight by the way you pray. I'm just going to tell you, you, got, you need to find promises and declarations that you put in your mouth and just begin to pray. My mom would walk around our house and tell us what we were going to be and what we were going to become. And she had worship music playing in the house. It was an atmosphere that, that you could just, it, it, was, it was amazing. I remember waking up on Sunday mornings and worship music playing in the house. My mom singing and praying as we would get ready for church. There was not an option if we were going to church. We knew we were going to church. And before we even went, she was setting the atmosphere of our home. She was setting the atmosphere of our lives. And she would consistently pray over us for us I've told you many times I come into my room coming home hanging out with friends she'd be in my room laying hands on my brother's bed laying hands on my bed I mean she's laying she's like old school in there I'm surprised I didn't crawl in and find some oil or something it's like no she was committed to prayer I'm just going to tell you this is specifically to the moms you have an ability to pray Everybody has the ability, but there is something about the prayer of a mom. I was talking to a good friend of mine a couple years ago, and he was on staff with me early on in in ministry. And he said this, he says, you know, I wouldn't be here if my mom wouldn't have prayed. He was strung out on meth. He was looking at all kinds of jail time and all kinds of warrants. The guy was a mess. Mom tried to witness to him one time back in the day, cassette tapes. She was playing a worship tape, and, uh, and, and he took it out of her car. He broke it, smashed it, and threw it out the window. The anger and the hate that he had in his heart. And you know what? She would never stop praying. I would see her come into church and sit down. And we'd see a lot of people get embarrassed to keep on praying for the same thing. And for years, she, what do you need prayer for? Pray for my son, Nathan. Pray that Nathan would come find Jesus. Pray for Nathan. Pray for Nathan. And it's like, I probably would have been like, I'm still praying for Nathan, but I'm not going to say it anymore. Because it's been years. She would not stop. One Easter Sunday, small little church in Centralia, Washington, big old guy in a black trench coat. Security when it went crazy. Beard comes stumbling down. Sits down on the right side on second row and the spirit of God touches him and he 
who gave his life to Jesus. He's in full-time ministry on staff at Overcomers or World Changers Church in Atlanta. And he looked at me in the eye and said, I would not be here, let alone alive, if my mom would not have prayed. I want to give you just a couple things as we close that I think just really just messed me up this week as I was studying for this. In Judges chapter 5, verse 24, after Jael does this, and really one of the most gruesome murders in, in the Bible, as she does this, this is what the account, a poem that is written about her in Judges chapter 5, they say this in verse 24. It says, most blessed of women, BJL. Most blessed of women. Now what's interesting about that, that alone wouldn't mean much to us but there is another point of scripture that has that same saying. That by itself is great. She's a blessed woman, okay? But there is one other point in scripture. Years later, where this, uh, another woman is given this same title, and it's all the way in the New Testament in the book of Luke. And it's talking about the Virgin Mary who now was carrying Jesus. And she's going to see Elizabeth, her cousin. And Elizabeth says this in Luke chapter 1, verse 42. She says in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. The same blessing that was given to Jael in Judges in the Old Testament, years and years later, is given to the mother of Jesus. And I'm just going to tell you this. The similarities between them are just really astounding. Both women acted in faith and with courage. Both women became agents of deliverance in a dark time. Both valued kingdom more than their own lives. Both changed the course of the world by what they carried. By what they carried. For Mary, it was actually what she physically carried. For many moms here, it's physically what you've carried. There's legacy in your kids. There is heritage in your children. For JL, it was the act of courage. We don't even know in history if she was a mom, if she had children. We know that she was a daughter of a mother of Israel, which was Deborah. But she carried something. I'm going to tell you, God's called you to carry something. This life is not about just coming to church and going through the motions and checking off the checkoff list. It is about carrying something. It is about God-given purpose and God-given assignment that is deep down on the inside of you that the enemy wants to kill. And I hate to say it this way, but there's enemies in your tent. There's enemies in your home. And God has given you the ability and the courage and the strength strategy and the follow through to take them out. I know it's Mother's Day, but God wants to stir a fight on the inside of you. Moms, dads, male, female, you need to get the fight back that says nothing will get in the way of my relationship with Jesus. Nothing will get in the way of my family. Nothing will get in the way. No enemies in the tent. No enemies in the tent. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says this, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race, and I have kept the faith. See, the way Paul says it, see, tell Timothy, make sure you fight the fight of faith. When he was about to die, he says, I fought this fight. 
I know it's Mother's Day, but this is a fight. This thing really is, it really is a fight. Sometimes you got to fight just to keep your faith. Sometimes you got to fight to keep your perspective. Come on, if you've ever been through a battle, you know, sometimes you just got to fight to keep your hope. Sometimes you got to fight just to, to keep believing. Sometimes you got to fight just to put a smile on your face. Sometimes you got to fight through the memories of past tragedies, pain, and crisis. I'm not pretending to think that Mother's Day is a happy day for everybody because there's all kinds of needs and all kinds of stories represented. But I'll tell you this, is that God has dropped a seed of greatness deep down in your own heart. And with accompanying that seed of greatness is a fight that Paul tried to pull out of Timothy and he declared in his own life was in him. He says, I finished this race. I have fought the fight. Well, I like that fun Christianity where we just kind of like have fun and, you know, just kind of like come to church and eat donuts and, and go. I, I, that's fine. If you want to do that, that's great. We provide all kinds of snacks and coffee. But every time you walk out these doors, you walk into the fight. So what hypocrisy. If we just sat here and pat each other on the back and shook each other's hands and say, bless brother, bless sister. But we walked out into the fight that we were not equipping you to handle. But Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. You're a good soldier. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. So fight and fight with everything you have. Fight with all that God has put in you. For all that God has put on you. For whatever you've carried. And whatever you're carrying, fight with all your might. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.